impression of Destination. Thanks for tuning in last week when we had an awesome time talking to Ian Clugston, owner of Amity Iron's Tattoo Studio in New York. This week we have touring photographer Gavin Smith talking to us about his business Front Row Productions. Over the last 10 years that I've known him, he's been putting in the graft across the world with Don Broco, Boy is Strong, Paris, Glorious Sons and Broadside, just to name a few. Despite all of Gav's success, he is such a humble person, which myself and Pricey both admire. Please enjoy the show. Gav Smith, <laughs> welcome Hello. to Regression Over Destination. This is episode, well, podcast number three. Four. Four, four already. Really four, really. Plowing through them. <laughs> it's like EastEnders. Um, so, as usual, we get everyone to state your name and your favourite beige snack. So, carry on, Gav. And also what you do, see so your name. Oh, yeah, you your do. occupation as well. <laughs> <laughs> Just like what food you're into, that'll be fine. Yeah, yeah food. Uh, I'm Gavin Smith. I'm a photographer, which feels weird to say, because I always feel obnoxious when I say what I do. And my favourite beige snack. Oh... Custard cream, I think. Mm. Is that class as beige? Yeah, that's yeah. beige. Yeah. Beige yeah. is whatever you want. So that's good for a custard cream. That's a good shout, man. Bloody love a custard um, cream. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so how how did you start becoming a photographer? Um did you get any funding or help from anyone to buy your equipment, or do you just like went ahead and did it yourself? Did everything like um my when I was growing up, my dad was like uh, he had a full-time job and like his hobby was photography and he had like uh, he ran a studio and would do sort of like uh, lifestyle stuff nothing too crazy and yeah. then it always interested me and I would do like you know they bought me a camera and things like that and then as I you know as I grew up I kind of drifted out of it as you do but it was always there in the background it was always something I was interested in mm. and then you know, when you turn into a teenager and, uh, you know, you want to be in a band, but you have no musical skills of any kind. <laughs> did you ever um, get into a band? Like I was, never did. Like the discussions were always there of like, oh, we've got a name and like you could play bass and all that kind yeah. of stuff. But like it never. Hey, what's wrong with playing bass? I play bass. <laughs> <laughs> it was just that kind of thing of like, oh, I'd love to be in a band. And like someone was like, oh, I could do this. Oh, I could sing. Yeah. And it just, it never, it never progressed any further than that. Um, Sounds about right. <laughs> but then I was just like, I want to be involved in music in some way. Hmm. And I was like, this is the way to do it. This is the route to take just kind of the behind the scenes kind of thing. Class. I think that was probably like, that's probably the, like, because I want, I wanted to be, I loved the idea of it. Like um, the whole, the, like the lifestyle as it, what it's lifestyle? just like this weird kind of thing. Like just like the like the the band lifestyle, like the the doing shows and the touring and all sorts of things like that. I was like, this is this is great. This is what I want to do, but I can't do anything. So I took like the like the backdoor route through it, and I was like, I'll do the behind the scenes stuff. I'll sell your merch. I'll you know I'll tour manage you, whatever, anything. Yeah. And just kind of like slowly went from there. Really, have you ever? Have you ever said to someone, I can stand at the back and play trampoline for you? 
<laughs> just at, like anything. Like um, when I I used to live in Manchester, and like I would do some stuff with a band there, uh, and would always find some way of like shoehorning. And I was like, I'll get up and I'll just like do this kind of screaming bit on stage with you and that kind of stuff. But like, would always kind of like find a way to get involved. But you know, then uh, life. Life and being an adult comes at you pretty quick, and you just go. Oh, Life I can't happened. This shit. I can't like, yeah. So, um, me and you, met, Gav, met how many years ago? How how, how did we meet? Jesus. Um, it was. I'd say it was when um, I was working at the studio. Where's Chris? Working at the studio. Yeah. Today, today's been cool. I found. Um, I've been clearing out some stuff, and I found some old drawings. This is how I met Chris, and I think this is the link between the three of us, actually. Uh, oh, go on. Oh, you've brought it. you got it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. These it's disappeared. Are... I can't see it. Oh, is there it? it is. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is it, isn't it? I remember uh, that. Yeah, it is. Okay, so this, for everyone that's not listening, uh, listening and obviously can't see, these are original drawings that I was asked to wow. do some artwork for Jack's band before he <laughs> met Jack. What we'll do with uh, with those images that Pricey's just put up on the screen, I will um, pop them on our YouTube video, um, and they'll also be on our website as well within the show notes. Do you think that being able to physically build things helps your business, Gav? And do you ever pay tradesmen with your trade for other trades? So tattoos. I'll take a picture of you doing tattoo. I'll give you a picture of your my tattoo type of thing. I that had no um, sense, but you know what I mean. <laughs> no, I know. I, <laughs> I'm with you. Like I've like the work that I do. I've never had to like physically build something. I've only now, like in the last couple of weeks, built a website. Um, if that kind of counts, but I don't think it really counts. Um, but I have uh, in the past. I've uh, utilized a friend to help me film something, who is also. Um, uh, a tattooist and uh, I was like hey I've got this interview I need to film any chance you could come and just like help out with it because I thought I'll be going on my own and he was like yeah that's fine but I'm free that day if you want to come in and get tattooed beforehand because I need someone to tattoo on and I was like that sounds like a done deal to me I'm not going to argue with that boom trade but that was that's a straight like, up trade that's a full on tit for tat kind of deal Mm. But there was no. Yeah. Um, so you give him tit and he give you tat. <laughs> Always. That's how I get all my work. Um, it's funny. Didn't man. you used to work I'm in the cinema? I used did. Yeah. In the cinema, didn't yeah. Man. With Dean, wasn't it? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, we've, we've got another link then. So Jack. Yo. Gav used to work in the cinema. No way. With Dean. And do you remember Dean that we met in New York? Dean Holden? Yeah. Ginger That's Dean. the weirdest thing. Yeah. Didn't we send a picture to you, Gav, from Dean's phone? You did. Yeah. Do you still have that? I don't know. Let me see if I can find it. God, no. Sorry, not Facebook or something, didn't it? How did you send it to me? Yeah, I feel like it was. By a carrier pigeon. (laughs) Um, (laughs) How do you feel about people in photography that are good at what they do and are you ever checking their social media and thinking you're not doing as well as them? Oh, 
almost on a daily. <laughs> it's um, okay. the da- the danger of social media is like I look at other people's work, um, like people I'm friends with or like people I kind of just admire their work, and I'm always comparing. And I'm like, oh, there's no way I'm as good as that. There's no way I'm kind of like that because you just it's that thing of like I know who I am, so I look at the work and I know that like I'm just a guy who does it like this and I don't see myself as like professional as other people or something like that. I just kind of, yeah, there's a, there's a barrier in kind of like how I see myself and how I work. And then I look at other people and go, ah, oh, they're, they're professionals. They're doing it at a different degree to me. Do you feel as though you're just like my, I always say I'm winging it, but oh, like a hundred percent. See, now that's crazy because I see you like on Instagram, like, touring with like <laughs> the glorious sons and i've seen you work with paris and i've known you work before you're strong and like yeah. if that's your mentality of winging it then like that is one <laughs> hell of a wing it <laughs> like, <that> is- <laughs> it's very like, it's very bizarre like only like i said kind of like in my intro when people ask what i do for the longest time i was like oh, i hate saying what i do because i sound really obnoxious it sounds really just kind of like big headed, like, Oh, what do you do? It's like, Oh, I'm a touring photographer. I felt really like, and <laughs> like, just, yeah, just really <laughs> smug for no, like, mm. and they're going to go, Oh, this guy, what a dick. Like there was no, <laughs> there was no basis. In straight like, what I, as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it just gets worse, but there was just this level of like, there's no, like, I don't know, just kind of the assumption, I guess that like, Oh, what do you do for work? And it just sounded really kind of like, well, whatever it is, is better than what you're doing. Like it just kind yeah. of felt yeah, but, like that's how I was. But if I'm honest, Gav, every time that I meet you, I never ever think that you're pretentious. I never, you never carry yourself in a way of being like that. You know, you, you're not, not in the slightest. That's that kind of person. my fear is like, I leave a conversation <laughs> and people just go, ah, who is that guy? Like, like what a dick i was thinking last night of how long i've known you for and i think it well i'm 30 now in july and yeah. met you when i was 17 no so it would be, way yeah 17 18 That's is when we came to re- record um the ep somewhere some what was the ep's name i can't even remember that's that absolute trash. Was, it, was that a wind show CP? Yeah. Yeah, it was. I can't remember what it was called, but we basically ripped Take to the Skies Enter Shikari's <laughs> album cover. <laughs> Who didn't at that stage? I know, yeah. Yeah, and I, yeah I just remember you, Gav, sat in the back of the studio like, typing away for alt press. I think alt Like a little troll in the back corner. Yeah. yeah. I think when I met you, I think you were doing the... They, you were just starting the video side of things and you, you'd like developed a green screen room. Yeah. Oh my that God, was, yeah. Um, that was the lot. That feels like lifetimes ago at this point. And like, I was thinking about it, but like that to me was my connection to both of you, like separately, but also yeah. kind of like, that's how I know, like that was my involvement. Like I just moved back from Manchester and I was just like, this is what I want to do. Let's find a way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. It was good. Yeah, that feels good fun. You, you were with us when we recorded um, the We the Deal stuff, weren't you? Yeah, I was there for that. Did you come? To, did you come to Mujibs with us for a, for an Indian? <laughs> <laughs> I probably would have done. 
What's the what's the um, <laughs> like a good day in there? What's the place down in the bay that Chris used to take every band for lunch? Yeah, Mujer. There, it was was there, there or Eli Jenkins. They were the two places. Eli Jenkins. Yeah, took us. Like, <laughs> we were good enough for, like, for Mujims. Some band put it on one of their songs, didn't they? That they were like, they put it at the end of one of their songs. They'd keep dancing, put it at the end of one of their songs. Oh, God. Yeah, keep dancing. So. That's wild. You should make, <laughs> we should get one of them on. That'd be bloody hilarious. Oh, wow. Um, so, obviously, we know you through different things of, yeah. and uh, through, through different people and coll- collaborating with other people in certain ways, like musically, we've known you, which now yeah. that doesn't even exist in my life at all. Um, would you collaborate with anyone? Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Like, the idea, like, I love, like, I love doing what I do. Like, the ability, like, this sounds really kind of obnoxious now, but, like, the ability to kind of, like, capture a moment of a show and things like that like it's it's amazing but like i i always want to do other things like i enjoy doing uh like portrait work and i've reached out to a couple of people to kind of just do like lifestyle stuff some portrait stuff but i like i would photograph anything for anyone like the idea the it's the creative process that i enjoy like Sometimes um, that gets lost when you do it so much as a trade. You forget that yeah. to, to have to, to look at it for fun and creativity as opposed to money. I went through all my photos from a couple of years ago for something I was doing recently. And I went through and I was looking back and I was like, oh, these aren't as bad as I thought they were. And it just kind of <laughs> looked through and I, like, I enjoyed looking back at the work. And it, I was just like, man, this venue was great. I remember this day. And it was just that kind of the ability to kind of enjoy it again after kind of ignoring it and the work is done, move on to the next project. But it was nice to just sort of take a step away from it and just enjoy the work I had done again. That was nice. It was like, Hmm. it's not something I would usually do as well. Yeah. Is that what, is that something you were doing because of the isolation or is there anything that you're working on in isolation because you're in isolation? Like, Going back uh, through that, all photographs. It's because of the current isolation. Because I can't, I can't go anywhere. I can't take any photos. Um, yeah. Well, I've seen. I've seen. There's some things that other photographers are doing, which I love the idea. But now, I can't do it because it would look like I'm ripping them off. <laughs> is it ten <laughs> thing? Ten photography hacks to do in isolation? Oh god, I might I might do one of those videos. But no, it's um people are doing like <laughs> um doorstep uh photo shoots and things like that where like you're keeping yourself the distance apart, you're not interacting with them like you would normally. Yeah. Um but it's kind of it's like one of the things about the isolation I'm enjoying in this really kind of voyeuristic way is I know what people's houses look like now and that's really interesting. <laughs> Just sort of knowing how certain kind of these unobtainable people that you, you know, like newscasters and Jimmy Fallon and all these kind of people. You're like, I know what their house looks like now. And they're normal. Yeah. It's kind of normalized all these people who you think are, you know, super uber celebs or whatever. And you're like, yeah. And you're like, oh, they're decorating their house similar to how mine is. Or, you know. Yeah. Okay. I don't. Is that between and Yeah. It's not, it's like, it's an interesting way that it's kind of, it's humanized everybody to a point. Like there was a point where 
not to take it down this route, like a couple of months ago, everybody hated everybody <laughs> globally. Yeah. But this kind of thing has kind of brought everybody together. But it's also made everybody very human. And it's nice to see that some people, like photo- to bring it back to photography, there's a way that some people have used that to kind of humanize people and show them in their like most, not vulnerable, but most kind of like natural habitat, which Habitats. is their home. Yeah. 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 But then like, I was like, man, that's such a good idea, but I don't want to, that's their thing. I don't want to kind of copy that. So I took a yeah. different route and I'm, uh, I'm creating a photo book of sorts of kind of past works. So I've gone back through awesome. and I've looked at everything I've done in the past and, you know, dragged it all off my hard drives and everything else. But it was just nice to yeah. take a moment and just sit and, in, and just be able to enjoy my work and just kind of look at it with sweat eyes. Like I, Bask in your glory. <laughs> you just, just, like- just bathe. <laughs> what you need to do, Gav, is print out all of your photos and just take all of your clothes off and roll around them on the floor. <laughs> That's what I do anyway, but with a hard drive. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait, I'm definitely going to Photoshop your face. Into, <laughs> Photoshop your face into Scrooge Duck and change it to all of his, all of, his uh, all of your uh, photographs. Right, this next question is yes. one is always, it's always a good one. It's always a favourite of everyone's. So, Jack, you can ask this one. Yeah, like I've known you for a long yes. time, and uh, that's the way that you, you know, the way that you just generally are. You're such a nice person that, like, you wouldn't say boo to a goose, as far as I'm aware. Like, the motto and mantra that you live by, it's got to be something super cool. Oh man, it has to be. No pressure, Gav. No, <laughs> no pressure. No pressure at all. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like <laughs> a mantra. There's something like one of my one of my very first tattoos that I ever got, and I was like, "This is I'm so edgy, I'm so kind of cool doing this." Um, I got the word hope on my arm, and I hate it now looking at it. Yeah. But it was always kind of like, yeah. no matter what the situation is, you've always got to have hope, and that was kind of like the reason for getting it. But I wouldn't say it's like my mantra, but like the mentality still sits in. That like when you're trying to when you're kind of starting out, even to a point now, you try and find work and you try and kind of reach a new client and you just send off email after email and nothing ever comes back. Yeah. But you've always got to before you hit send, it's gonna be like, hey, they might reply, boom, and send. Like it's the the idea of yeah. like there's always that one yeah. percent chance that they'll dude. I had some stuff like some crazy things have happened to me were like in email conversations with things that I never expected. And it's just like the yeah. idea that they emailed back and there was a dialogue in the first place was wild. But it, the idea that like, yeah. you know, if you don't have that hope that someone's going to reply and someone's going to go, oh yeah, let's have a conversation. I'd say because it is tattooed on me, I'll, like, I'll show you because you can see yeah. on the thing, it's this obnoxious one right there. Hideous. Oh, Look damn. At that. Awful. Um, <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not awful, is it? You could probably do something with it if you ever needed to, but I think it's, it's nice. But, like, that's always, like, that's one of the ones I had the longest. Um, and I think the idea, the, like, yeah. it still sits solid with me. 
I have another one that says who cares, but I feel like that's <laughs> that's a different that's a different <laughs> side of me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. but I think it's that. Very like you've always like brilliant. it sounds really kind of like I don't know. It sounds really cheesy. I think when you say it out loud, like you've always got to have hope. Like I imagine it in like yeah. some kind of trailer yeah. with a Coldplay instrumental in the background. But it's just kind of like you've always got to have hope. <laughs> but it's it's true. Like you, it's with anything. Like I could never like, especially in this current world that we live in. I could never get booked for any work ever again. Like the landscape of live shows and that kind of like human interaction could completely change to how we know it. It's a pain. And I could never, yeah. I could never get booked again. You just got to hope that, you know, things go back to normal and we're able to kind of continue as we were. So I'd say that it's always like, you've got to have hope no matter what it is, an email you're sending, you know, uh, uh, I guess it got. also comes down to like if you it also comes down to like if you don't send it you'll never yeah. know so like if you, you don't put yourself, put out, yourself there, out there you exactly you know if you don't put yourself out there to send that email the ratio of like replies to non-replies is very it's very outbalanced but <laughs> if you don't yeah. maybe we should do an infographic of that <laughs> yeah <laughs> like the thing the, some of the work I have now is because I sent off an email one time to someone and they responded and like that's that's literally like the work i got um the work i got through paris is because i reached out to their their well their their manager who at the time was singing in another band that i was a fan of so i reached out to him i was like can i come along i'll film the show we'll do some photos and then he then was like Hey, built up a friendship. Hey, we've got this other artist that I'm working with, and that was it. And that was all it took was that right. kind of like that one I'm that gonna, one I'm shot gonna... of just kind of speaking to someone. It's yeah. crazy. It's it's cool. Like I'm gonna skip the next question just for a second. I'm gonna come back to it because it's obvious. But <laughs> with talking about talking about what you're talking about, have you ever felt that you feel overwhelmed with the way that your business runs? So the emails that you get back and forth with people. Do you feel like you're overwhelmed with like your customers' needs, or your, in your case, your band's needs, or whatever it is that you you need for your like photography stuff to run? Absolutely. I still like, even now, I still kind of feel that like I I I feel like I could be doing more, or maybe I'm not offering enough, or because like, especially in in, in most industries, but in mine especially everyone is everyone's a photographer you always seem to meet someone who's everyone owns a camera everyone's got a buddy who takes photos it's always there and i always worry that like maybe i'm not offering enough or maybe i could be better or all these kind of things i always do think that like um i i could always improve on on what i do to kind of give that's a good mindset to have though if you didn't have that mindset i'd be worried about your business but this is like yeah (laughs) the idea that like i never look at something i do and go that's it that's the one like every someone like on a tour i was on recently uh i was like these are the best photos i've taken this is the happiest i am with this current work and they went you say that like every week (laughs) so like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which made me realize that like i do look at work and go that is it this is the best 
this is the best I could be. And then like the following day, I'm like, this is it. These are the best ones. And it's just, <laughs> <laughs> do you think that's part of your progression as well? It's like, you're constantly looking at yourself and just moving, just like, Oh, actually I'm better than yesterday. I'm completely better than yesterday. Oh yeah. Fully. Like I never, like, um, I'm always very doubtful. I'm not very confident in myself. Let's get deep. I'm not very confident in like who I am and my abilities. And I always kind of going back to the thing earlier on of like other photographers, I always look at myself and their work and my work. And I'm like, I'm not as good as that. I've got to be as good as that. So I never feel like I'm good enough. Yeah. So I'm always trying to get to the level of like, this is, this is it. This is where I'm happy with. And in my mind yeah. and the way I look at my work, I don't feel like I'm there yet. I feel like I could, I could always improve. There's always like that next step I could be. I could be better than I was yesterday. I could, like the tour I did in January, I could be better than that. Like I always feel like there's a step I could be doing to better what I'm doing now mm. constantly. Yeah. That's good though, man. That's really good to hear that you're constantly tr- striving to to become better. I th- so there's like a double-edged sword. Like you can like look at it and be like, oh, I'm so doubtful of myself because I'll never be good at yeah. that, but I want to be good. So I'm going to keep trying. Yeah, I always feel that like, so I think it's the thing of like, yeah. I've, uh, I've heard people say it before, which is like, if you're not enjoying it, you're not doing it for the right reasons. And that's kind of, yeah. like, I feel like that kind of, stat, like you see it with bands, they go out, they phone in the performance and then they kind of pack it all up and they do it again tomorrow. And you can see that they're not enjoying it or their heart's not in it. And it's just kind of like, you're not yeah. doing it for the reason you wanted to do it. So you need to change that, make it so you enjoy it again. And that's kind of, you know, I'm very, I'm very lucky. And it's always kind of, it's always apparent to me, like how lucky I am to be in the situation I'm in. So I don't take yeah. it for granted. I'm always trying to better myself. Just like, um, I had some, like a video editing of like a couple of years ago. Um, and like the client was like, do you mind if I sit in and watch you do it? And we can like bounce ideas around. And I was like, yes, that'll be the best thing. Oh, best thing ever. Which is like in most work, you want the client 10,000 miles away. You don't want them anywhere near it. But the idea that I could yeah. work on a project with them that I knew at the end of it, they were a hundred percent happy with because then I'm seeing it differently to how they would see it and how they want it. And kind of like we'd pitch up in a yeah. venue, get the laptop open, and they'd be like, "Right, let's have a look. Let's let's go." And there, and I like that. I would enjoy because you get yeah, I'm got- you get a different insight into it. I guess that you like different set of eyes. But I enjoyed that. That's a good way of doing it. Music, yes, Gav. How does that inspire you? And like, what sort of music? Because your your music is quite eclectic. Like, what's the music that most inspires you? Uh, what gets you like motivated to focus if you're sat down editing it in the light room yeah. or whatever you photo in affinity, whatever you edit, you know, what, what do you put on? I always like, to? I have, if there's like a new album or something, I'm always kind of like down to listen to that or something. But like my go-tos, if I'm editing, I found that my go-tos are either uh, John Mayer or Black Bear. They're my two kind of like, Oh. I'm editing. I'm not really kind of doing anything else. And they're like, they're like the two artists I always find for whatever reason that I go back to. And I always kind of like, I'll put that on and edit 
add it to those. Any particular song of either of them? I th- not a particular song, but like, um, I'd say, well, yeah, maybe. No, albums, I'd say. Um, with John Mayer, it's Continuum, because I think that album's incredible. And yep. that, like, that's my go-to okay. for him. In terms of like, it's almost like, man, saying this background music sounds really offensive, but it's not like it's like lift music. It's more like I know the songs so much that I'm not, I'm not listening to the songs. The songs are more of kind of just a sound of what's happening. It's like white noise almost, which again sounds really offensive. Yeah, <laughs> a comfort zone. Yeah, sort of like environment. Your flow state track. Yeah, your flow That's state album. I I would probably say like Pacific is oh, probably nice. mine. Like I have that on so much, like you wouldn't believe. Um, I've had Clutch on since the last uh, podcast. I've not had any music on this week at all, which is horrific. That's probably why you feel so crap. Yeah. Chuck some. Music I think on. actually I did put. I I I had to go and pick some stuff up um, in the van, and I put Tom Jenkins's uh, new album on actually. Oh, so yeah, good. It's really, we'll give a little shout out to Tom, who's an absolute farming <laughs> hero. Welsh <laughs> farming hero, singer, songwriter. Yeah, he's class. Tom's <laughs> awesome. We all, we all know Tom as well, actually, don't we? We yeah. all know Tom? Do yeah, I know, know Tom? Tom, yeah, you know. Tom Jenkins, who's been yeah, set by... Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. A lot of yeah. names coming out of the yeah. woodwork. <laughs> straight, and straight lines. Straight lines, yes. Yeah, so Tom's yeah Tom's album is out at the minute, and it, I think he released a single this week. So I've been I have been listening to that on Apple Play. I just wrote that down now. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Have a listen; it's lovely. Oh, I will. Um, what do you do to wind down then, Gav? You, you mentioned your dog earlier on. It depends, because like if I'm in a work environment, I'd say that like I'm especially on a tour, I'm always the last one. Well, it depends on the, the night. I'm always the last one awake working. Yeah. Um, for, the most, for the most part, I think. Um, and like my, my wind down, I'd say afterwards is, because like I found like, okay, so I found that like when I'm on, when I'm on tour and I'm editing and I'm working, I like, my mind is very active because I'm like, you're staring at a computer, you're thinking you're not kind of like chilling out. So I'm always like, yeah, I'll go to, sl- I'll go to bed pretty wired. So like I climb in my bunk and I'm just kind of like, right, I- I'm pretty awake right now. <laughs> so there's like, there's a cut, like, um, I watch, uh, a lot of YouTube, not in like, not like in a dangerous yeah. levels, but like I have particular shows that I watch that I kind of, I put on and it makes me, it takes me away from like being on tour, I guess, being like working. It makes me feel like I'm yeah. back at home. It's like my normal kind of routine that I would do. Um, and I listen to uh, some podcasts as well, just because it depends on, like I can't, I can't go to bed listening to music. That's the weirdest thing because you hear it all day. The last thing you want to do then is go and listen well, I to don't think I, it. Yeah. Like that, I, I don't think I would do that. Yeah. Sounds, sounds like yeah. a normal thing to be thinking. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's like, there's a lot of, like, I listen to, I listen to music a lot. But like, I think when it's, like, when it's time to like, I need to like, kind of turn my mind off, I need to relax. 
the last thing I do is go, let's put on a band. Because <laughs> it just feels... It's no, like I think, going the, I think the first thing off. I want to do when I go to bed is putting Parkway Drive on just as I'm drifting <laughs> off. <laughs> really, you know, puts me in the right frame of mind. First album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'd say like, I try and be like a normal person. Um, when I'm at home, I'm not, I tend to not, when I'm at home, it means I'm not working. So I have a very, I have a, like, I have a routine that I kind of run through that's very kind of, very normal. But I think when it's in terms of like winding down, I always have like the greatest intentions ever of like, I'm going to get into my bunk, I'm going to watch a movie, and this is how I'm going to chill out. And you get in and you put on five minutes of it and you're dead to the world. So it's like, it's always yeah. things that I don't necessarily, it's short form content or something I know I can dip in and out of. Like there's a, like a, a couple of podcasts. What is your short form content on YouTube that you go to watch? You say you watch quite a bit um, on there. Like, without do you... a doubt, my, like every day, my go-to is Good Mythical Morning, which is, if you don't... I've heard a lot about this. It's brilliant. It's too, it's like, um, yeah, it's like a kind of morning kind of like TV breakfast show and like a late night talk show kind of vibe where it's these two guys who have been friends since like second grade or something ridiculous. Um, And they're still friends now and they work together. They form this and they just, the content is very, it's just, it's very entertaining. It's kind of um, eating things or uh, challenges and games and things like that. But it's very like, the relationship between the two of them is great. They have a podcast as well, which I listen to. But but yeah. it's it's uh, it's just good. It's like uh, I'd say maybe half an hour's worth of content a day. But it's just very like it's so far removed from anything I'm doing. It's very enjoyable. They'll do like a like a will it and a will it burrito, and they do different ingredients to see it kind of like. Um, what kind of food works on a on a burrito level? Just like it's very kind of what food doesn't work on a burrito level? Pig's blood. <laughs> That's the kind of degree of where they go with it. To me, growing up, it's got very kind of more like Saturday morning, uh, kind of almost like Dick and Dom vibes as to kind of like wonky donkey kinda, it's that kind of like SMTV yeah, live it's that kind of like <laughs> they're taking themselves seriously but also they know that they're not it's that kind of thing it's, <laughs> it's good it's a, a, that like that's kind of like me and pricey yeah. it's kind of like me yeah, and you take yourself like seriously me. but ultimately you know that you're not, <laughs> you're not. Yeah, yeah we're definitely not um <laughs> gav you do a lot of touring um obviously at the minute it's massively affected um where is like I've not asked this before, but like obviously <laughs> your business is completely different to what we've actually had. It's a traveling business, so yeah, I'd like to ask like where you have been before, um, like what parts of the planet you've been with your job and how lucky you've been to do it, and like where do you want to go next? Where where's like a place that you could think of that you think definitely want to photograph like ph- photograph that stage or there's a couple like in terms of like iconic stages and things like I'd love to do Red Rocks because that's like visually it's just this kind of like there's not uh, there's not a venue like it it's so unique I'd say that's definitely one I would love to where's that I don't know so where for, it is that where, sounds really where, bad where, doesn't it 
Where is it again? I don't know where, I don't it, know is. where it is. It's in uh, Colorado. <laughs> so, like, Australia? Have you done Australia yet? I've not done. There's two places I would love to do, and that's Australia and Japan. Um, Amazing. They're two, like, they're two places I've not had a chance to go to, but they're, def- they're two places that, like, on my bucket list of places to go, they're, like, they're yeah. two that I would 100% want to tip off. If you're listening to this and you don't know Gav, Gav is about six foot <laughs> six, five. I'm like six one. So going to Japan. <laughs> <laughs> going to Japan, you'd stand out like yeah. a sore throat. Like, like, hilarious. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I only know short people who have been to Japan. <laughs> I know short people who have been to Japan. Yeah. should be the title of this episode. <laughs> oh yeah, we always forget what what's the name of the episode. <laughs> I already know short people. That's it. <laughs> that's that's it. That's the name of the episode. That's brilliant. Um, obviously, because of the situation as well, it's very uncertain for you at this particular time. We like if COVID wasn't in place, where would you see your business in a year's time? Would you still see yourself touring in a year's time? Do you see yourself settling down and being in Cardiff more or what? Uh, still touring. Um, the plan, like I have plans up until the end of the year to tour. Um, and then it's very much like, it's still kind of where I want to keep going. Like the work where basically um, the band that I work with, uh, like the most mainly, Amazing. Uh, the Glorious Sons are currently on an album cycle. Um, so that came out in September. Um, so that'll go tech, without circumstances non-permitting. We uh, we would still be on tour now um, and we'd be going sort of into the rest of the year with uh, festivals and smaller shows and things like that. Um, and then that would go sort of into next year, but not so much. But then I have uh, other artists that I work with kind of powering up cycles again and like they're putting out albums. So then it kind of, you kind of keep going, you pick up one kind of seems to finish and luckily enough, another one is kind of starting up. So you can kind of jump from one to the other. Yeah. 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 So I, I noticed that, um, sorry, I noticed like Fontaine's, Fontaine's DC and stuff. They've, like reschedule shows already without even knowing when this lockdown is going to be lifted. I bet you your bands that you're working with done exactly the same sort of thing. No one's, we haven't, no one's rescheduled anything yet for any of the things that I'm on, which is, it's a shame, but it's also under, like understandable because you don't want to, I don't know, you reschedule it for August or September or whatever. And then you find out that it's, you know, it's got to be canceled and moved again. So I think we're just, for now, everyone's just kind of... It's just waiting. hassle, yeah. isn't it? But also, like, financially, it's... Like, you can't just keep chopping and changing. There's costs involved and, like, you know, venue hire and promotion and things like that. It's... I think everyone's just kind of staying off until they know for certain when or not they can, yeah, yeah. you know, start up again. It's weird. It's just so weird. So have you, have you got anything, like, in the pipeline over the next few months that you're going to be doing like to keep yourself busy because of the situation or is it just like flat re-editing some old stuff and like what we talked about earlier? It's kind of like I've had, I had like, it can't, like being at home and being off work, like this kind of downtime is very normal. I was saying to Jack before we started, like what we're doing, what I'm doing now 
is what I would do off tour anyway. Like I'd be kind of watching movies, playing games, walking a dog, just kind of like normal human being stuff. Yeah, we were saying we were saying how it does actually feel quite normal, yeah, doesn't to it? A, like because this is there's other elements that yeah. make my life very normal. You go to the movies, you go, you know, meet people, <laughs> but like ev- everything that I'm doing in my like day to day is very much what I would do off tour. I've spoken to a couple of friends who are in the same situation and they're saying the same thing. They're like, this is what I would be doing. If I had no shows, I'd be doing the same thing. And it's like, so to that degree, it's normal, but then you keep getting the emails and keep getting the updates. Oh, this event was canceled now. Oh, these shows have now been pulled and there's no kind of step forward for it. But it's, um, yeah, yeah, like there's a couple of things that have been, uh, kind of like Slam Dunk was cancelled and well, not sca- it was rescheduled. Um, but again, like that's for September. There's like Reddit and Leeds as well, which are like, there's a lot of things that are kind of up in the air that, so basically I'm not holding out a lot of hope for anything for the next like couple months. Are you working Reddit right and Leeds as well? If, if, it, if it comes off, are you going to be working Reddit right and Leeds? I don't think I was this year. I don't think there was, a, I don't think I had anything. Um, I was. Well, if you win, you definitely no. aren't now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, it's, this weird kind of, it's this weird thing of like, um, like I was doing slam dunk, but now that's kind of moved. And but then I think the rescheduled dates, as far as I know, are going ahead. But then I don't know if they're clashing with anything else. If anything else gets rescheduled, all these kind of like, it's just very up in the air. It's very bizarre. Like, um, we were on tour. Um when it kind of was all at the peak and like we had to like pack up and go home that was it we had like two and a half weeks left where were you, were you i was canada? in canada we just finished like we did uh we did like two and a half months in the u.s and then it was like a month in canada like consecutively so we'd done the u.s like literally state to state coast to coast back like up into canada and then while we were in calgary um, one of the guys didn't feel so good. Uh, the venue was kind of unsure about the situation, and then the best decision—the decision was made. That's it. Everyone's got to go home. Like the uh, like the higher wow. higher ups kind of made a decision, and it was really bizarre because you're you're loading in, and like the stage, you know, like the local hands are kind of setting up the stage, like people, you know, um, the crew are kind of setting everything ready for the show. And then they go, right. And these aren't small shows. No, they, they're like big, kind of like um, Academy yeah. One Plus kind of rooms. What's that? 2000? Yeah. Like 2000, like it kind of varied, but like into Canada, they're a Canadian band, so they were, they have a bigger pull in Canada. Yeah. So they were like, um, yeah. like ice hockey arenas, which kind of convert into venues, that kind of thing. Um, oh my god that so it's like 2000, 2000 plus people and then before yeah. sound check has even happened the show is pulled and then you're like you have to load pack everything oh down my. put it back onto the trailers put it back on the truck load and like load out and then the decision was made that everyone has to go home until further notice so people yeah. like people flew back to Toronto I flew back home everyone scattered and then it all kind of like hit the peak it was at but it was this weirdest um as we were as like we were loading out a snowstorm happened and we were like this is the weird it's like 
it's like a post-apocalyptic. <laughs> it was really bizarre. Like everything was silent. The mood was very strange. It was just the weirdest, weirdest situation to be in. And like everyone was just like, I don't really know what to do. There's nothing. Like nothing prepares you for this situation. Like you've never been in this kind of situation before. I guess that's a moment you'll never forget. No, it was like, after the the incident at the Bataclan in in Paris a few years ago, it changed how yeah. security was handled at shows. And that was always something that was always apparent. Security meetings were kind of a lot stricter. Uh, the the depth in which people would go into was a lot kind of more intense. To the point where like you'd be at a security meeting normally and it's just uh, it's just like this is so and so, he's in charge of security, I'll have someone on the door, this is how we run the ship. And then after that, the security meetings change to the point of if anything happens, we grab you and take you, you go. You leave the stage, you go. If we tell you to go, you move. The music stops you, and it was just like this weird it made it very real. Like all these things happen over the world and you just kind yeah. of witness them in some way through the news or whatever. But this always kind of made it very real. And it, and this was kind of the same thing. It just didn't feel it's something on the news. It's something you see. They're making fun of Donald Trump. It's on the news. That's kind of the late night talk shows and that's kind of what it is. But then it made it very real. It's never going to yeah. hit you. Like, yeah, it's like we've yeah. been to the states, we passed it all by, and now we're up in Canada. But then it just kind of got worse and worse, and it just kind of became very real. It was very bizarre. Like um, the flight, the airport was empty on the way home. The flight was empty. It was just the weirdest, weirdest couple of days. And it's the hardest thing to adjust. And then you come home, and they're like, "Hey, you can't do what you would normally do." And you're like, "Okay, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's bizarre." Yeah, it's quite sobering to realise what you have got as a job. Absolutely. Isn't it? Like, like, like you go away and you, you've got all this freedom and all, all this like, you know, just you go to, as you're setting up that day, you visit a new town, you explore, yeah. you see a new place to eat. And like from that point of view, you, you know, you come home and you relax at home and you don't actually do that stuff. So you're kind of used to this bit. We would probably get to a point where your feet are going to be fucking ridiculously itchy, right? Oh, I've already, I've got like <laughs> crazy cabin fever. Like it's the weirdest thing of, because normally I'd be like, I know that in two weeks I've got travel plans and I'm off again and I've got work coming up. But it's April now. <laughs> like I've got, and I don't know when the next kind of thing is happening. It's just like, will it ever happen again? It's the weirdest, like we were talking about it on that day. And we were like, the art industry as we know it is dead. There's nothing happening. No one's, no one's booking shows. No one's announcing tours. It's done. It's weird. I don't. I don't. I think it's kind of dead. But I'm also really excited to see what is going on behind closed doors. I'm excited to see what yeah. people have been writing. I'm really excited to see that. Like, um, I watched. I well, I did see Dave Grohl put out. Um, I, like a stay at home post and he said the vans are ready they're loaded we've got a new album stay in your fucking house as much as you can <laughs> and we'll yeah. be out quick as we can sort you out yeah. and give you what you need yeah. and I think that was that like Dave Grohl just does everything right for me but everything that he does on the internet is incredible yeah and like I, I could have like he's got a recording studio in his house so he's not the only person that's done it like Goldfinger released like um 
a video this week of all yes. of them playing yeah, in that their was awesome. home sort of studio. That was incredible. And I think it just, it, it give it another month and everyone in these like bands and stuff are probably going to start copying the, these sorts of behaviours or adjusting them and modifying them and evolving yeah. them to keep people like their audiences arriving. And Engaged. we've also got that like people are going to start to get um, like picked up as well from sat on the internet like virally. Like Honey Fungus is a local band for us. They've been playing to like 40,000 people online recently. And they're just, a, they're, they're, yeah. like, they're not just a covers band. They, they're a covers band, you know, like, but they're incredible what they do. And it's a, a husband and wife. So they're yeah. putting their kids to the side for like five minutes, whoever, just doing a song. And then, so, so Badger. Badger yeah, but Badger's, Badger plays drums. So Badger won't be obviously with them at this particular point. But John yeah. and this, I don't know, his missus name. I've seen them once or twice. Um, That's mad. That's the thing. It's like, it's a different outlet that like you wouldn't necessarily have like loads of people are doing like Instagram live now and kind of utilizing this audience that they have like a dedicated fan base that they have that isn't going anywhere, isn't doing anything. And they're doing performances. They're that doing is like, Facebook phone. live going on like, and they're, they're using this opportunity. They're using a platform that they wouldn't have utilized in this way before. And it's yeah. kind of, um, talking to uh, talking to some friends, they've got an album coming out, and they would have been touring in promotion of it, but that's not happening now. And they're now kind of thinking of ways in which they can adjust what they're doing to kind of get the most out of like that first kind of week of release. And it's like it's a world that you don't, you never thought you'd have to think about how to like promote an album without doing a show, and it's. Uh, it's this weird kind of thing of having to adjust, but people are, like you were saying, like you've got a studio in your house, you've got the ability to make music. Why would you not use this time at home to write something new, put out yeah. a cover? Like it's crazy yeah. that yeah. the amount of like, um, the amount of people who are just utilizing this time and using it to continue to be creative is amazing. Yeah, I think Broco did even before this isolation shit went down. They they were just releasing random tracks, weren't they? Yeah, they had like. Uh, I spoke to them about it, and they said that like, just do it in the way that like hip hop does it. You have a track ready, just put the track out. Like, why wait for an EP release? Why wait for an album drop? If the song's ready, yeah. just put the song out, which is brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really good way of doing it. Yeah. Um, Gav, are there any personal life-changing moments you feel have defined you? If you do not prefer to hear what has happened, that's totally understandable. So state yes, and if so, what did you take from that situation to progress further in yourself and to get to your current destination wow. as a tour photographer? It's definitely yes. Um, there's a lot of things that like, uh, there's a lot of things that kind of like change me as a person. Um, and there's a lot of things that kind of through that, then it kind of pushes you to be better at what you do to enjoy what you do. Um, like the big one that always kind of comes up, like, uh, you mentioned it earlier on about me being straight edge that kind of stemmed from the cliched, you know, I had that awful kind of breakup situation. I was like, I need to change who I am. I need to 
better myself as a person. And it kind of, that stemmed from that kind of like that. And that, it's always a thing. Like I went, um, I went, uh, I moved to Manchester for a, a girl, which, uh, you know, it was a good and also bad decision. But then I, through that, I was made redundant. Um, uh, we broke up and I was just kind of left in a city where I didn't know anybody. And that kind of, that was when I started to kind of push myself into the kind of like creative side, the go, going to shows, doing photography, just being involved in a scene that I was a fan of. And I was like, well, this is my chance to now take those steps and, and move myself forward in this kind of world that I want to do. And it, like I met, uh, I met people that kind of had already been doing it for a while and it was encouraging and it kind of just slowly kind of builds from there. There's a lot of things that have happened. Um, like I had a job that I hated, but I kind of did it because it was an opportunity to do the touring. You'd have to book your holiday weeks in advance, which never kind of really worked. And I feel like openly I can say this now, Times when I called in sick, it was a lie. <laughs> but there were like, there was like, you'd have to book holiday in to do a tour. And I was like, it's like, if you don't get it approved, you can't do the work and things. And it was just like this awful mindset. And it just got to the point where I was like, I've got to, I can't, I've got to quit. Like, there's no way I can continue, like, you know, doing like a Monday shift and then coming, you know, doing a show Tuesday night and coming in Wednesday morning to open and that kind of thing. Like, I was like, I can't do this. And What was the, um, what was the first thing that you went on after you'd quit? Um, it was, uh, it was a little kind of like, it was a UK tour with Light You Up, who don't exist anymore. Uh, they, they were good they were though. Awesome. They, um, they were yeah. doing a, like decade had a headline tour and we went on the UK with them. And I had another tour lined up directly after that. Like I'd finish the one show and I'd have to like travel from the one city to another city and I'd join another tour. But then all that, which is why ultimately I quit my job because I couldn't have had the time to do it all. But then while I was yeah. on that first one, the second one canned me. <laughs> they were like, Oh, we can't bring you along. And I was like, I've my job for this. Oh, no. <laughs> but uh, oh, shit. so I came back a lot earlier than I anticipated, but also like with no work to go to. So that kind of, that kicked my ass in making me realize that like, I've got to make sure I've, I've got to work at this. I can't just kind of hope that coast through and it's okay. It's going to be a breeze. If I've quit my actual full-time you know, 35 hours a week job. I've got to yeah. make sure that this pays off. Yeah. yeah. Doing it. So legit. Wait, wait, you said earlier on, it's quite interesting. Is your, about your mantra about hope. Yeah. Okay. Mine, one of my ones is don't hope for it, work for it. And I think you just like, <laughs> not that one on the head. It's like, there's definitely like, I've done some awful tours. I've done some like, like the main thing is like, I'm, I'm very lucky. I'm very aware that, that like the situation I'm in now, 
not everybody gets to do on any some level as a band some like as kind of touring people uh but like i i they saw as i'm thinking about it, it sounds obnoxious i'm currently in a situation where i get to tour on a bus which i never thought i'd be able to do and it's been like that yeah. for the last kind of like two yeah. years which is madness but then when i think about it i've done tours where all three bands on the tour stayed in the same house and because i was the last one out of the van i didn't get any floor space so i had to sleep sitting upright <laughs> in a leather armchair in someone's living room <laughs> so like when i think of like when i think of like oh i get to tour on a bus now i also then go but there was a point where i had to sleep in a van because we were in some kind of like squat where everyone else was staying i can't live like this so there's this weird kind of it's like i've done shitty tours i've done and i would do them again if the opportunity came up if it was fun i'd do it again you've put the legwork in you've put the legwork in and now you feel like you've earned the right to be yes. on a bus because you've I done do kind of, occasionally I do feel like a fraud and I'm like, someone's going to come up to me and go, Hey, um, we kind of made a mistake. We know who you, you can are. just, you can just go home if you like. I'll be like, all right, thanks guys. I made it this far. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> just let me get my bags and I'll be, I'll be out of your way. It's <laughs> yeah. amazing. Cause like, cause I like, I don't, I don't drink. I don't kind of enjoy the tour as other people do. I'm just kind of very grateful for the opportunities. Like I've been, I've been lucky enough to go to places I never thought I'd get to go to. And I've been there multiple times now, which is insane. Like I can go to a city and know my way around without having to use maps and things. Like I'm like, I'm always, every time I get to go somewhere, every time I get another tour, I'm always grateful. I'm always aware like how lucky I am that this mm. opportunity's come up again. I get to go, you know, I get to go and do my work somewhere else again. Perhaps it's because you're going sober as well. Because like when we and Jack went to New York, we got so drunk we didn't have a oh fucking clue where we were. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing I've met, like, it's been, I've worked out, it's been like 18 years or something now that I haven't drunk. And I think, I don't, I don't want to say that like, if I did, like that's integral to like what, how I've kind of progressed myself. But like, when you look at, when you look at the situation, like I'm there to work, I'm not there to kind of, I'm not there to party. I'm not there to yeah. sort of, you know, take advantage of the rider and things like that. Like I'm there to work. And like, I'm not saying that like that's integral to how, like why it's worked and things like that. But for me, I look at it as a situation where like I'm here I'm in this group of people because I'm here to to work with them and not kind of yeah you know some people turn up and they kind of they tag along for a couple of days and they're knee deep in the free booze that's around and you just kind of think that like I don't know I just couldn't live like that I couldn't kind of adjust to that sort of lifestyle it's not even like I have two beers now in isolation and I'm a bit peaky <laughs> yeah. in the morning getting old now that's what it is God, it's not so sustainable yeah. lifestyle I, know, yeah. no. I think it's a sustainable um, lifestyle not for, for most being on the road and drinking all the time and like having that yeah. like backstage attitude like it's it's the weird it's cause like rock and roll everyone will, oh but it's so exciting oh you're backstage what's it like backstage you're like it's a group of men trying to get the Wi-Fi password to work and then working out where the nearest Starbucks is and what people are doing for dinner 
Like, that's what it's like. Oh, but it's so exciting. You're like, not really. Like, is this an eight or a B? Can you get the password to work? Like, that's that's what it is. Yeah. That's what backstage is. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. Oh, but it's so exciting. You're like, it is, but it's also surprisingly normal. <laughs> it's the idea that, yeah. like, it's rock and roll, isn't it? It's like TVs out of hotel windows and stuff. And you're like, no, couldn't be further from the truth. I remember, like, being on tour with Attack Attack and we um, yeah. ended up, we, we were in King's College in London and one of the best things I saw backstage was Josh's nan from UB86 came in to see us <laughs> have a chat with us. <laughs> it's like the most unrock and roll thing ever. It was great. But it is that kind of perception that it's wild. It's madness. Oh, you're a touring band. It's crazy. You're like, it's really not. Like, people don't <laughs> yeah, and then someone's got to try and find out where the nearest ramen place is and like, that's all it is. It's it's so strangely normal. There's a lot of like searching. I remember being on tour for like the two months. I think it was like three months of the four years I was in a band. I actually toured. <laughs> and like two months, <laughs> like it was with Jeffree Star and Broken oh, Side. God. And it was literally just sat around in a bus waiting for the venue to open, loading yeah. in. Like I think the most rock and roll thing was like, Birda threw my shoe over a fence. <laughs> like, it was just like, we were playing to like five, 600 people a night for like two months, I think it was. Something stupid yeah. like that. It was really good. I'm not, not saying it wasn't fun, but we were so tired after the show, we wouldn't have time for beers because we'd have to drive to the next place and we didn't have our own driver. So it was, yeah, it's not all rock and roll. So, but I guess you're on, a, you're on a different level there. Gav, once when I met you, we had a chat about... Your tattoos, because they're a big thing for you, right? Yes. And there's one tattoo on your arm, which is drawn by someone. Could you explain that story for me? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's also my least favourite tattoo now as well. <laughs> <laughs> like, not for the reasons you would think it is my least favourite, but just other elements. Um, so I... Uh, I worked for a radio station in Cardiff when I was like 18 um, and had uh, like artists would come in and they'd be interviewed for the show and they do like, you know, acoustic things or whatever. Um, I feel bad. Like even saying the name, it's bizarre. Um, so the Lost Profits came in for an interview um, and this was at like the peak of like Burn Burn had just come out, Last Train Home, they were huge. Um, and they were uh, they were like in the boardroom and they were drawn on the like the the flip chart things and stuff like that. So they um, Jamie, who was the keyboard guy, drew this kind of thing up. Uh, and I they like the people in the radio station knew I was a fan, so they kept the piece of paper for me. And I had I, God, I have no idea where it is at this point in my life. It is long gone. But he drew this kind of weird little character, sort of wearing an eye patch and a little kind of hat with skulls in her hair. And I was like, this is amazing. I love this. And then through a very interesting time in my life when I was living in Manchester, uh, decided to go out and get it tattooed. Along with like my girlfriend at the time's name, which I still have on me now, which we don't talk about. 
<laughs> oh my god! But, um, uh, like I said, it was an interesting time in my life. Um, but I've got so I've got this character on my left forearm, um, and then just assumed it was just a character that came from this kind of this kind of hanging out drawing thing. Didn't think anything of it, and then found out later on it's like a it's a character from a graphic novel, um, uh, and it just kind of. And then obviously as as time progresses, different things happen. And uh, yeah, it's now not like I can't, it's all black and I can't really cover it up and it just kind of sits there on my arm. <laughs> very. You've had it no, covered No, no, it's all black. So it's very difficult to cover up. <laughs> it's very black. So, it's very big. <laughs> reason, reason being that I asked, probably show me drawing at the start. If you're ever done our way, you want to get anything done. While I've been sat drawing to you, I drew you a little skull for a little gap filler to cheer you up because I know that story. <laughs> I know what you that. <laughs> when you want me to do some stuff on your arm, if you want me to cover that up, I will. <laughs> and I'll do it for free. For it. I don't even know what I would do with it at this point. Um, oh, we'll, very, we'll sort that very greatly appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll um, we'll uh, I don't know sort out some photography as a swap and we'll go back to question uh, number four collaborating with people yeah. trade number oh, yeah, two trade, yeah. yeah we'll trade it we'll yeah. do it that way well I was going to say that like it came up it was yesterday or the day before uh, it came up in my Facebook memories that it was seven years ago that we were down uh, shooting the uh, Scream the Headlines video. At my farm. Yes. yes. Yeah, in the yes. barn. And that truly upset me that it was seven yeah. years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot, I forgot all mad. about that. Well, we had like the, the, the lobster cage yeah. wall. Hot. And then they trashed the caravan and I had to clean it up the day yeah. after. <laughs> so rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the side that people don't see. You've got to trash it up, but someone's got to clean it. <laughs> um, is there anybody that you know that you would be interested in showing them the podcast to see if they'd like to come on as a guest? Hundred oh, percent. Is there anybody that you would? Is there anybody that you would like to hear these questions asked to? Um, that would be available. Oh, everyone's available at the moment, though, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Um, there's a couple of people actually. I think. Like, um. I don't know how I would go about it. Um, but like the guys from the Glorious Sons are off as currently. Um, and I know that. Yeah. Uh, so the two of the guys are brothers. Um, Brett, who is the singer, and Jay, who is uh, guitar. They're both brothers. Mm-hmm. And I know that before it all started, Jay had a construction company, um, which is how he met Adam, who's the drummer, and also Chris, who plays bass. And it just kind of, that grew from a point of like non-music to where it is now. Um, yeah. But I don't know how I, I could, I could text them. I could see what would happen. But like, that'd be interesting to kind of hear an international aspect of, because like, I felt like we obviously know each other. So, and we kind of came up through, yeah. I'd say the same environment also, like shows that, Barfly and mm. kind of Welsh club and stuff like that. Kind of, we came up through the same the same route. 
but it'd be interesting to kind of hear like an international aspect of it maybe well we just we just did uh we just did podcast with ian from long island in oh, New York, nice. and his upbringing is incredible like if you get a chance to listen to that it's a different world this is the strangest thing like you think it would be so yeah. similar but it's 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 strange how <laughs> a scene so kind of yeah. closely knitted is so different depending on where you're from it, and it's insane because yeah. he was like talking to us. He was like, "Oh yeah, um, the guy I tattooed with was a guy that was the guitarist for Alice Cooper at one point." It was just like, <laughs> yeah. fucking massive. <laughs> like, but it's like the most normal thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. Very so strange. do you want to yeah. do you want to plug your social media a minute, Gav? Like, you were... yes, please oh, do. Um, I only really have the like the my main thing, which I need to post on more often. Is my Instagram, I'd think, which is at Gav Front Row. Um, thanks for uh, thanks for your time, Gav. I really appreciate. I you probably haven't charged for like really an hour and a half, but that's the whole point <laughs> of it. It's getting to know who you are and what you've done and how you've come to where you are today. It's been fun, man. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, thanks, yeah, like really though, man. Thank you very much for having a chat with us. We've really, I've really enjoyed having a chat to you. Like, guys, this has been awesome. Yeah, it's been it's yeah. nice. Thanks for even asking. I've genuinely enjoyed this. I'd be scared if you didn't. <laughs> yeah, cheers, guys. It was all right. We will uh, speak to you soon. Look after yourself. I'm Stay to safe. You can keep in touch, dude. Thank you, boys. <laughs> I feel dirty talking to you. See <laughs> you in a bit. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Progression Over Destination. We hope you found some inspiration in this to put yourself out there and have hope in anything that you do. Don't forget that you can check out the show notes on www.progressionoverdestination.co.uk. And if you enjoyed, please leave us a message on any of our socials. Our handle is at Progression Over Destination. See you next time with Johnny Williams from Boombox. Boombox.